I really had something on my, on my heart. And this is why you have to not just study a message or, or whatever, but you really have to seek the Lord for, for everything. Because up until this morning when Scripture was entered into a computer, I really thought and I wanted, I felt in my soul of something that, that I, I wanted to share. But the Lord had told me a week ago when I was really looking at what we were about to look at that I had better really listen to him because um, my flesh will fool me sometimes. And this morning I had the conversation. I said, God, are you going to go this way? Are you going to go this way? No, and Because it's not me. I'm following. And he said, you know what I've already told you at the beginning of this week. And I said, okay. Now, if you've ever spoken publicly or preached or taught, you, you'll get a kick out, or you know somebody has. In my mind, I'm being honest with y'all today. In my mind, I said, well, maybe, and this is how I studied some. I tried to grab some of that other sermon and put it in with this. I did. And the Lord says, you don't think I know what you're doing? Don't do that. And um, I made my mind up that I'm just going to do exactly what he told me to do. And I thank God that that is over with now. The Bible says in the 19th chapter of Psalms, verse 7, we're starting there, but we'll, we'll go a few other places. And you've got to listen to this because it's one of those psalms you'll just kind of, huh, mm, you'll read over. But the Bible says that the law of the Lord, wait, God, would you anoint me, help us to hear. I rebuke any distraction that would come to me or us or we would cause in Jesus' name. Amen. The law of the Lord is perfect. I might be, need to take it out of, I don't know, number nine, a little bit up here. Something weird's happening. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Now, because I've interrupted you from hearing that two or three times, I'm going to say it again. The law of the Lord is perfect. There's not a lot of perfect things that you ever will hear or run into in this life here at all. The law of the Lord, though, is perfect. Not almost perfect, not close to... The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. That's why we have to use the law of the Lord... Because my story might help you, my story might 
give you some kind of a uh, deeper understanding uh, of just how far a person can be brought or, or whatever the case might be or rescued. But it's actually the law of the Lord is the thing the Bible says that is perfect that actually converts the soul. And then he goes on to say, the testimony of the Lord is sure. Now, every time you read the word testimony in the Old Testament, well, New Testament too especially, but the testimony of the Lord is mostly referring to the testimony in the Ark of the Covenant, the Ten Commandments, the testimony of the Lord. But we also are familiar with the testimony of giving a spoken testimony. Uh, and that, that word also means a witness, like I, I am a witness to the law of the Lord converting the soul. Amen. Anybody else? Can you be a witness to that? I am a witness to the, the fact that the law, it was the word of, it was God's grace, but it was grace because I heard, I heard. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word. So it was the law of the Lord that I heard and I understood what Jesus did for me on the cross, that it converted my soul. And so that's what we do. But it's this testimony of the Lord that is sure. And it's so sure that it makes the simple, the person that seems like they really are either uh, unaware of, uh, of the Bible or the plan of salvation even, but it's the testimony of the Lord that is sure, that makes wise the simple. And you can also include the Word of God, the law of God in this testimony. When I was uh, going into my senior year in high school, there was a, which I was going into my senior year in high school in 1984, so we just won't settle that, okay? There was a, TV commercial, an ad that some of you are going to love it because you were there too. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, you were. Raise your hand if you're sure. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Amen. If you were over 40 years old and you didn't raise your hand, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise is simple. Raise your hand. Now, Now, does that look familiar to you? Okay. No. Ashley looked there. No. I'm a 1991 girl or something. No. What you talking about? Raise your hand if you're sure. And, of course, let me help, let me help the children out. Uh, that's deodorant, by the way. No. I know a guy one time that put uh, curl-up stuff on his face thinking it was soap. It, some people think it's hairspray, but it's really deodorant. And the commercial was, raise your hand if you're sure. And, and, and y'all remember that. A lot of you do. But even that sure was not this sure. And I want to tell you that the beginning of this verse tells us that Kind of if you've got a bad soul, if you've got an, uh, uh, an unredeemed soul, unregenerated heart, that 
a perfect law can do something about that. But it's the testimony that can make you wise when you've accepted the Lord into your heart. It's, it's the actual testimony of the Lord that is sure, meaning you can bank on it. It's not going to change. It's not going to fail you or let you down. There is no such thing as a statue of limitation with the testimony of the Lord. God never changes. Same yesterday, today. He'll be that way a thousand years from now. Same God. The testimony of the Lord is sure. So let me go down a road one second. You can talk about all the other things in life, the causes, the calamities, wars and rumors of wars. You can talk about all of it. But nothing Nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing outside of God and His Word that you can talk about that is 100% perfect and sure, and you're not wasting a bunch of air and time, your time and somebody else's time. When you talk about the testimony of the Lord, you can be sure of this that at the very least a seed is planted, but at the very most God is glorified when you testify of the goodness of the Lord. Because he said when you testify, it's a sure thing. That's what he said. And I know this, that when you testify, and sometimes you have to testify to the devil. I don't give him the time of day, but sometimes I just want him because you know what? I thought about this this morning. This may help some of you. This may confuse you. Don't want it to do that. But I spend a lot of time throughout the day, the majority of the day, and I'm talking with the Lord or I'm listening with the Lord. But don't be fooled because there's another voice. And you've seen the shows where you got an angel right here and then you got a devil right there. He's still trying to get you to reap the wrong fruit. Amen? He won't ever stop doing that. And so I tell him a lot during the day. And man, when he starts jerking my chain, I just begin to testify about the Lord. I just begin to say, hey, listen, I was there when he saved me. I was there when he brought me from over there to right here. I remember what I used to do, who I used to run with, who I used to try to make think I was cool and all that. I remember that. And devil, I am his and I'm his forever and I'm going to live for him and I'm going to love for him till I die. I just got to testify sometimes. I got to testify. Over in the 78th Psalm, verse 5, it says, For he established a testimony in Jacob, has the Lord ever, has he established a testimony in you yet? I know Robbie's got a, an established testimony because he's going to share it. I know Tripp does. I know Barbara could have died several times, got one. I know Mike could have. I don't know how many Brent's probably got from serving the country overseas. I, I don't know how many. I, I know Judy's got a, a, a testimony. I know that man right there on that front row, Nelson Sepulveda. I know he's got a testimony. And a lot of you in this room that are, have survived the past year, you've got a testimony. He established a testimony in Jacob. And I know what it's saying. I know we're talking about the law a lot, the covenant, the articles inside the, the ark, 
but he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a new law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. You might say, well, we're not going anywhere, Opie. I mean, I don't, I don't know what's happening. You're just talking about a testimony. No, nope. I'm not just talking about a testimony. I'm talking about your next way out. And you've got to hear this today. It might not be the preaching. It might not be the tithe you give. It may not be packing up books or painting something black at the school or shoveling dirt. It might be your testimony that is sure, by the way, that is sure to get you out of it. The testimony of the Lord is sure. He established it in Jacob. And we've got to make our testimonies known. We've talked so much about all the things in the world to our children, to our neighbors, to our church family. We hadn't talked about the sure thing. And that's what he's done for me. What he did for me, I don't care if it was last week or if it was 80 years ago. We need to talk about the goodness of God because it's not just your way out, but you've got to understand it's somebody else's way out too. People have to hear that he's still a faithful God in 2021. He's still a saving. It's sure, church. He's still a saving God in 2021. He's still a miracle-working God in 2021. And the world, including my family, has to hear that. Over in the New Testament now, the Bible talks about Jesus was talking to the disciples. He was doing some teaching, and he said, you're going to get into some situations. There's going to come a time where people are going to be arrested for preaching certain things and standing up for certain things. And the Lord, and we're kind of still, we're in that. That, that scenario will never play out until, until everybody's in heaven. But he told them disciples, he said, I want you to understand this, and I want you to realize this. He said, all the trouble that you seem to be getting in, you need to know this, and it shall turn to you. They may lock you up. They may threaten you. They may seize what you have. It may look like it's bad, but it's actually, when that happens, it's going to turn to you for a testimony, Jesus told them. See, he told Joseph, he said, all this was meant for evil. And Joseph used this as a testimony. Everything that was designed and determined to be evil for me, God turned it around and he used it for good. So whatever you face now or you face in the future, just know this, he's such a good God, he can turn that thing around on a dime for you for it to be a testimony where you can talk about how good God is. Even if it costs you your life, you'll leave this world and leave this life testifying of the goodness of Almighty God because it's sure. It's sure. The Bible says in the 11th chapter, and, and the Lord's two times, see, about went over it again. I told Angie this morning at breakfast, I said, I had another one of those dreams. Oh, Lord, here we go. Everybody's moaning and groaning, I know. 
I said, I didn't know anybody in the dream. And I don't even know why the, the Spirit of God has prompted me to say this, but that's none of my business. But there was a, a lot of chaotic things going on like in a city, and I was in there, and I had a badge to get into a building, and it was a young, maybe a teenage girl or a young adult girl lady, and I said, can you get me in that, that building? I said, I, I've left my ID. And the girl got me in, and then I got in, and I, I noticed this lady. It's like a lady in politics. I don't know that it was the vice president. I don't know who it was. I didn't recognize anybody. It wasn't my family. It wasn't you. And the only thing, the only thing that I remember outside of five men, like they were in the White House, that were uh, giving a talk in a tent like a, a, to a news reporter, I remember going up to this lady and hugging her neck and telling her in this ear, the Lord had laid it on my heart to tell this lady that looked like she was going this way. He said, tell her that you don't have to die. That's all I remember from the, from the dream. And I don't know why, as I said, that God wanted me to share that, except for the reason right now of what I'm telling you is that it might be your testimony that turns somebody that you think it would not turn in a complete different direction, and it might save their life. You might be in an unknown field. You might be in an unknown area. None of your surroundings, none of the people seem like they would be receptive to God or what he's saying. But listen, I'm telling you, spiritually speaking, if you were alive with a heartbeat right now, you don't have to die. And I mean, you don't have to die a spiritual, eternal death on this earth and die and go to a devil's hell. You don't have to die. And so, I want to give you the testimony of the Lord because it's sure. Jesus Christ died on a cross. He left all of heaven, its splendor. The Bible says he didn't think he was being shortchanged or robbed. He thought he was still equal. Everything was good. But he came as a babe in a manger. He come in a lowly manger. He was humble and he was around animal urine and feces and livestock. He was not born in a palace on a stallion but he was born and he was raised by two parents that people ridiculed and they thought he was out of wedlock and all of the other things that went with that. He was born with a stigma on him but he still knew why he was born and what he was here for and he lived. He never was was shaken by what went on. He was obedient to his parents. He was in subjection to his parents. And when he became 30 years of age, he began to do what God had sent him down here to do, and that's to go and call and make disciples. And he would end that three-year assignment by bleeding and being tortured and being ripped and have his flesh 
pulled away from the cavity of his, his chest and his back and he would hang naked in front of his mother, his immediate family and people that he had called and trained and other people on a hill and he bled all blood out of his body so that you could be saved and I'm telling you today that that testimony is still sure and you don't have to die in your sins. You don't have to die. And he wants you to be saved more than he wants you to eat your lunch today. By faith, Hebrews 11 says that Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, and God has helped me with this, he had this testimony that he pleased God. You could say he's a good man, she's a good woman, they're real giving, they're loving to their family, they help out in the community, they do a lot of charitable things, they are a philanthropist, they do all these things, but there is nothing, nothing that will ever sound or compete with the phrase about you that you please God. There's no one better to make that statement about you than God himself. How would you like for God to say, they got ridiculed all the time, they got falsely accused, their words were taken out of context, they were always misunderstood, their actions were always judged, but they, God, God says, they please me. They please me. So in pleasing God, if you could talk to Enoch today, he said, huh, I please God, but he was about the only one I pleased. Because see, you cannot be a friend of God and a friend of this world. You can't love God and love this world. You cannot say that I do love God, but still become more partial to the world, you can't do it. There's only one way to please God, and that's if you walk with God. You know, one of the best ways to walk with God is to always testify and give a testimony about God every day of your life. I don't like the headache I woke up with this morning. I do not like the fact that they're going to come and take my car because I'm 90 days away. But I'm telling you that God will get me to my next appointment. He's a faithful God. We don't have any more food, and I don't want to be an embarrassment to my family, but I know he put meal in the widow's barrel and I know he can feed me and I know he's a faithful God. You can get by if you can learn how to testify about the goodness of God because it is sure, it is sure to get you out of what you seem to be in. It's the testimony. The Bible didn't say that you'll be wise and then you'll begin to testify. That you'll have a lot of biblical knowledge and then you'll testify. But no, the Bible says it's the testimony. It's the testimony that is sure that makes wise the simple. So you might get saved right now 
or you got saved a year ago, but you begin to testify about the goodness of God. And all of a sudden, not because you're a fast learner or you've got a lot of background in making good grades at school or whatever, but because all you know to do is just tell people about what God brought you out of, what you know He's done in your life, that you know that that law will never change, that covenant word that I walk by, it'll never change. God will begin to increase the wisdom in your life and you'll seem like you're the smartest man, you're the smartest student, you're the smartest uh, uh Woman, everybody, family, you're the smartest family because you testify. And when you testify, you can know this. It's so sure, it's so sure that it frustrates all of hell. It gets you out of what you're in. I can't tell you that enough. And it makes God proud. And that's when you are pleasing God, when you're bragging on God. You love it when people brag on you. You love it when people brag on your children. We all put pictures out there for the whole world to see. Amen. Amen. We do that because we are proud. They did something that pleased us. Think about the God that breathed. Think about the God that said, and there was light. Think about the God that watched his son bleed and die on a cross and have to turn his head. How pleasing is it when you testify and you brag about him, all he's done in your life, when it seems like all hell is broke loose, but you still choose to testify about God. Just imagine how pleased he is. Hallelujah. He's a good God, you see. In the verse that I've been referring to all morning long, I'm going to read it to you. After the second woe, you see there's a battle that's going to take place in heaven. It's between the devil and his angels, and Michael and his angels. It, it's, going to be a, it's going to be like a smackdown throwdown. Of course, the devil's going to lose, and he's going to be cast out of heaven. Down here, he's going to make war with the saints, with the people. We're 42 months in, tribulation, and then he is going to try his best to outdo, outdo those saints, those people. You're not going to believe what they're going to fight with. You're not going to believe it. And they overcame him. Listen, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, I've told you about a half a dozen times, it's your testimony, not your wisdom, not the money you give, not the Sunday school perfect attendance, all that's fine and great and good. But it's your testimony that can cause you to overcome, overcome, I don't know what, I can't even pray no more. Oh, but you can testify. I don't even know what else to say. You just tell your story one more time. You tell his story one more time. It's sure, church. That means if it's sure, it cannot, will not, shall not fail. A lot of us can get out immediately of things we'd rather not be in or things that apprehend and hold us if we just testify what he's already done. And see, we need to do this because this is how people are going to fight the devil. 
This is how we're going to win. This is how we're going to convert the souls. We're not doing all that work over there just to put on a nice puppet show or show teen videos. We're doing that so we can share, hallelujah, the testimony of the Lord because it's a sure thing. And if we share the Word of God, then God said, then it will convert their souls. And I don't know in this building right now I know some of the things that you struggle with. I know things that, that this week I've dealt with personally and then with uh, that have to do with the church. But there's, there's one thing that I am absolutely positively sure about. It is impossible. You can quote me. It's impossible for you to testify of the goodness of God. And if it visibly doesn't change nothing, it will change something. I can't explain it, but I'll do my best. It's just something about when you begin to exalt Him, I exalt thee, and you lift Him up. That means when you start lifting Him up, you lower everything else. It doesn't matter how bad it hurts or what it is, but when you start lifting Him up, you're testifying of Him. When you start talking about His goodness, when, if nobody's around but you and Him, you just start bragging on Him. It begins to do something inside of you that I would love to have a good, good vocabulary for, but I don't. It's joy unspeakable and it's full of glory when you talk about the goodness of God in your life. Your life begins to take on a whole new light. You see things different. If it's just for the day or just for the hour or the moment, it will get you out of what you're in and you'll know that God is right there beside you if you're in a fiery furnace, if you're in a lion's den, if you're in a room where they're about to let everybody go, you will know that God is there and where Jehovah Shammah is that there is peace, there is joy, there is liberty, there is freedom, there is love and there's a way because you cannot out testify and God not respond. I'm going to ask you to stand, if you will, because somebody in here, you got a testimony that, that's been packed away. You think nobody don't want to hear it no more. You think nobody will listen to it. You think that God won't honor it. It's impossible because it's sure. Your money in the bank's not sure. The medicine you have is not sure. The, the, the job you have, the car you have is not sure. It probably will, might will. All those things may be positive, may work. But the thing that is sure is the testimony. I'm not telling you get rid of your car, your medicine, your money. Or not. I'm not telling you that, but I'm telling you what you ought to hold on to tight. And that's the testimony. When you walk with him like Enoch walked with him, there's no telling what God's going to take you out of. He may not take you to heaven, probably won't like that. But there's no telling what he'll get you out of immediately. So you need to say, God, I'm sorry I've robbed you all these weeks or years. I hadn't been talking about that time you spared my life and, and I should have died. 
when they made a mistake on this and it was supposed to be me but somebody else or, or whatever the situation is and all kind of things are going through your minds right now. But I do know this, Lord, for the rest of my days and my life, the fruit of my lips shall praise you. I'm not going to hold back because I don't know what it's going to do for me. I don't know what it's going to do for you. I'm telling you right now, I remember about a year ago, I think it was last year, and I can say it because it was on Facebook and we had a prayer service. But I remember Walt Lord Jones, this is Ronnie Gibson's grandson, was down in Greenville, that area, staying with an aunt or uncle while his parents were away, and he was two, three years, fell in a pool. A lot of you are very familiar with this. The child should have died, no questions asked. And it was because that during COVID they all couldn't go in, but a way was made and all that. They went in, and the end of the story is the child lived, the child bounced back, functioning properly. Do you think the mama and daddy kept that testimony quiet? We had a whole prayer service on their front yard about the latter part of last year, August of last year. That's what we talked about. That's what we prayed about. There was a portion of that prayer service for school children, and it was talking about that. Listen, God saved some of your uh, children in here from death, from a bad disease, from something that should have happened. Somebody saved your spouse. Somebody, uh, somebody in here, you, you've got a parent that, that you've got a story. You, you were supposed to die, and you did not die. And you know what? I'm telling you what we're going to do. We're going to have a day real soon. We're going to set aside, and we're just going to testify. Amen? You don't have to come. You don't have to testify. You don't have to listen. But somebody can't keep quiet about it because it's sure. It sure did you a lot of good. And this is what we're going to do. I realized when I was growing up, a lot of preachers loved testimony services because they didn't have to preach. I'll tell you, we're not going to do it when it's time for me to preach. I'm called to preach. I'm preaching. We're going to have a day when we're going to testify, though. And if I want to draw a crowd, we'll just throw some food in there, and all of you come that wasn't going to testify, and you'll testify. Because you all got a testimony in here, amen? You've got one. You might say, well, mine ain't this or that. You've got a testimony, and I'm telling you, your testimony is sure. I want you to close your eyes, if you will, because God wants to save somebody more than anything right now. God wants to save somebody. God wants somebody right this minute to have a testimony that's established right now. Like in Psalm 78, Jacob had a testimony established. God's wanting to establish a testimony of salvation right now before anything else. If you are in this building or online and you are ready, you're tired of running from the Lord. You're tired of running from the fact that God wants to get you out of what you're in and he's going to use a testimony. If you're not saved and you're in this building, first of all, I want you to walk to this altar. Just come find you a place to stand. This may not ever happen to you again, you see. 
There might be a drunk driver on your way home, God forbid, but may take you out of this life. And God's going to remind you that you were in this church service with a plea, with an opportunity to enjoy the grace of God. And if you leave, God gave you the opportunity. You just didn't seize it. If you were watching this program online, this service, then God wants you to know there's an altar where you are at your house. There is an altar right where you are. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, you did all that on that cross that man talked about for me. And I'm telling you, he did. He died so you could have everlasting life. You don't want everlasting death. That's what hell is. But God sent Jesus so you could have everlasting life. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, here I am with all of the mess going on. I'm confused. I'm upset. I'm sick. Everything is wrong or everything may be right, but you know you're not prepared to take your last breath. Just say, Lord, forgive me. I consecrate my life to you right now. I ask you in the name of Jesus, God, to forgive me of my sins. I repent. I'm not going to live another day just trying to hold my breath that it all works out in the end. God, it won't. So I need a Savior. I need a Redeemer. I need, Lord, I need that relationship restored in my life that was broken in the, in the garden. I need that right now. If you pray that prayer, the testimony of the Lord is sure. See, I'm giving you the testimony of the cross, the plan of salvation, and it's sure. You can still be guaranteed that it will save you right now. Real quick, we'll show you. They've got some instructions on the screen. You can text the word SAVE to this number, or you can go to it online, and you can get some resources immediately, but we'll pray for you. That's our way of knowing that we need to pray for you on your new journey. But I want everybody here, before we leave, there's room, even with people here today. If you know what your testimony is, and you just hadn't given it a lot of thought, but God's been kind of dealing with you during this service today, it's time to open that back up. I just want you to find you a place in this altar so we can finish praying together. Because we're going we're, we're, we're to make our minds up today. You, anybody anywhere? Nobody, somebody's got a testimony. I called at least a dozen names out. Somebody's got a testimony. Are you going to share it? We need to pray together because the enemy's going to tell you to keep your mouth shut and just blend in with the crowd. I'm sharing my testimony. You know, I, I was supposed to be dead. There ain't no sense on paper why I should be alive. I got a testimony. My marriage should be over, but I'm, I'm still married today. You got a testimony. My child, that should have been my child. Then you gave the example. But, but I've got a testimony. I, I was saved by that blood you talked about. I've got a testimony. I got a testimony. Listen, what I'm telling you might be the best thing you will ever give to God is your testimony back about God. I'm not making anybody feel bad. 
I want everybody else to stay where you are. But I'm going to make a point. If you don't know what your testimony is, you need to know before you walk out that door. If you're not saved, then we have a huge problem here. I'm telling you, church, that we can't keep doing life. You can't keep playing Mr. or Mrs. Christian the way you've been doing. And I wasn't trying to get, I wasn't trying, I wanted whoever responds to respond. But this is why people don't want to come to church no more. This is why people are not hungry for God. They're hungry for everything else in this world because people, this represents, I'm not here to make anybody feel bad. There's no condemnation. I'm here to make a point and make you think, and it's time for us to man up, woman up, and need to start singing the praises of God. Are we all clear on that? And I'm, I'm not here to make you feel, and I'm not trying to get you to the altar now. I'm using this as an example. You've got to know, I'm glad to be alive. I'm glad to be, I need to start talking more about this than I, what I've been talking about. See, the problem is, you've been testifying about something. You have. It might have been where gas was cheap. You've been testifying about something. Father, we gather at this altar. We gather now out here in the congregation. Lord, you've saved us. We should have died, could have died. God, I stand out here in this church. I'm not on no stage today, Lord. I'm out here with the people. God, this is the secret. This is the sure thing. There's nothing else sure. The testimony is what's sure, God. Help us to be convicted about the power of our tongue, Lord. In our mouth is life and death, Lord. Help us to make a choice right now. We're going to speak life into this world that we live in. We're going to tell people about our testimony. Are you with me, church? You've got to. You can't hold it back. If you don't praise God, the rocks will cry out. And then you'll cry because the rocks cried out. God, give me Holy Ghost conviction right now to let me know that at the very least, I could be willing to testify about how good you've been to me, how good you've been to my youngins, how good you've been to my family. Lord, when you made gas last in my car and it was only empty for a week, you did that, God, and I hadn't even parted my lips. Oh, God, I repent in the name of Jesus. Help me to know today, Lord, that I'm an overcomer when I testify, Lord. I help somebody else out when I testify, Lord. Don't let the odds always look like it's very few people. People, Lord, help me to understand it's my job to testify for you. And it's my privilege and honor. So, God, we make a covenant commitment. We pray together, Lord. I pray over every soul at this altar right now, Lord, that we would see, oh, God, you've raised us up. God, you put a mantle on us, Lord, that's a privilege. And the mantle comes with the anointing, God, that comes from you. God, you'll never let us open our mouth and abandon us or make us do it alone. You will always be there with us, God, and we will be more than conquerors. Hallelujah. 
I just got to pray for everybody up here. Y'all keep praying. God will be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus that loved us. There is absolutely, you told us in your word, no weapon that is formed against us will prosper, nor will it prevail. God, you spared me. You saved me like you did, Esther, for such a time as this. God, it's not a mistake. You, you wouldn't look in the other way. God, you ordered my steps to be alive at this time that I'm in right now. And so, God, I will fulfill the purpose that you designed and you set out for me years ago, Lord. I will not frustrate the grace of God, oh Lord, but I'll joy in the strength that I get from your name and the power of the cross. And God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, from this day forward, I don't care if I'm healthy or if I'm hurting. If I'm on my way to hospice house, God, I will testify of the goodness of God. I will testify of how great you are and how good you are, God, because you have been good to me and you have loaded me down with benefits every day of my life. And I give you my word in this house. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Now, all over the church, before we go home today, we're going with homework this time. It didn't dawn on me till sometime in the week, maybe it was yesterday, I was over at prayer at New Hope Baptist about a month ago. And there wasn't about five of us, but Michael told us, he said something, they're doing a 30-day challenge. I'd forgotten about this until God was really burning this in me, personally, for me, and then for us. He said, we're doing a, a, a 30-day thing, and I'm messing up some of the details, where on social media and everything, at least one day, one time, one day, every, one time a day, every day, they're saying something good and positive or something. I can't remember. They might have been sharing a verse, but they were essentially testifying for 30 days. It was a 30-day challenge, and the whole church was involved in it. If they didn't do social media or something, they contacted somebody. They called them. They told them in town. No excuse. Nobody left out. Nobody left behind. Will y'all cut all the lights on for one second? I want to make sure that I can see everybody. And so this is what I'm asking us to do today. Not because we're going to see how many people did it, raise our hand, or nothing like that. But we're just going to say, we're going to load down Scotland County or wherever you live. We're going to load down our community. I, I won't even ask you to do it for 30 days. I hope it's a habit after a week. But just from now to next Sunday, we're going to just testify of the goodness of God. Amen? Amen. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, Lord, God, we pray it and we get right, skim right over it. But, Lord, I want them to be acceptable in your sight, Lord. It's not going to be popular in the world. It's going to get censored in the world, but it won't be censored by you, your word, and all of heaven. So, God, let the words hallelujah of my mouth. Mm, glory to your name. Mm. The words of my mouth, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, my strength and my redeemer.